Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. Capture the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. Despite the restrictions across the globe, which impacted the movement of goods and services, these companies, these companies, small business, small Jamaican businessmen, have expanded into new markets in Europe, North America, the Caribbean, and Latin America. We share the challenges too and how those in the sector conquer and thrive, all in one place. Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, powered by the Development Bank of Jamaica. Hi everyone, I'm Andre Jebinson and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I have with me today Anna K. Tucker of Lingaya Farms. Her business is breadfruit. Yes, you heard right, breadfruit. She's going to be telling us how she has managed to turn something that we find in our backyards or in open fields into a business. And I hope that our conversation will impact someone today. Welcome, Anake, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I know you're a busy woman. Um, so how are, how are you doing? I mean, you have a new company. Um, you, you are employed elsewhere. How are you doing just... Um, as a person, I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. I mean, it's been it's been challenging. Um, you know, starting a starting a, a new business, a family business, um, juggling that um, as well as being a parent, a wife, and working as well full time. It has it has definitely come with its challenges. But um, but I've always been one to 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 rise to the occasion, and I always do my best when I am under pressure. So I guess it's a story of my life. <laughs> right. But, but what do you think is the key, though, to, to making everything that you have to do function and function well? Um, I think the, the key is um, two things. First of all, passion. You really have to be passionate about what you do and do what you love. Um, that's the only way that um, you will ever be successful. Um, and in my case, um, organization, I have to I have to be very organized um, and be able to prioritize what is what is important. Yeah, it just always seems that you know people who want to succeed and people who are succeeding, they when you ask them what is the driving force, they'll tell you passion because, you know, passion for them goes a very far away and passion is something that motivates people to do, you know, the things that they want to do. So, I mean, that's a lesson for everybody out there who wants to achieve something, who wants to start a business, who have to juggle many different things, passion. All right, so... So, I mean, I love breadfruit, and I know a lot of Jamaicans love breadfruit. <laughs> Jamaicans in the diaspora as well love breadfruit. Uh, what, what do you think makes breadfruit so appealing to so many people? Um, well, I mean, outside of the fact that it is a, a staple, um, not just in Jamaica, but in the Caribbean, um, and, um, and, because of, and also because of its health, health benefits as well, I mean... Um, Breadfruit is known to be is to be um, heart healthy, good for persons who have heart and high cholesterol. It's good for persons who suffer from diabetes. And then you know, uh, in recent times, there have been people that have been diagnosed with um, diseases where they um, their eating habits affect them. So um, gluten, meat, gluten free products, and of course, breadfruit is is um, naturally gluten free. So I think that is it, and it's a versatile product, a versatile um, 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 produce. It's available, um, you know, a good part of the year, 
And most persons in Jamaica have virtual trees growing in their backyard and it doesn't really um, require a lot of work. So I think that's what makes it so attractive. Um, and it, uh, of course, you know, um, for the most part, it's, um, it's within your reach of your pocket as well, as far as prices go. Well, I find it, I find it filling as well. Because you might have a small breadfruit, and boy, I, sometimes I struggle to eat half a breadfruit because you just find it. You, you eat four slices, and you find it just so filling. That's so, right. Yeah. It, is, it is very, it is very filling, and yet it doesn't have the kind of the, the high cholesterol that, uh, sorry, the high calorie count that um, that um, rice and 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 um, other 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 um, similar products would, would would have. How do you like your breadfruit, roasted or fried? Um, I prefer my, it depends, it depends on what I'm eating. Oh. I prefer, for, for the most part, I prefer it roasted, especially when it comes right off of the fire. Yeah. And I mean, traditional roasted always, not, not, the, not, the, not the, the roasted that people are calling now, which is just putting it in the oven, because it's a completely different flavor. But of course, if I'm having um, ackee and sausage, then I like my fried, fried bread food. Okay. All right, so tell me a little bit about your business, Lingaya Farm. So you came up with the name, and just tell me what is your business operation like? What it is you do? Okay, well, it's a family. It's a family company. It was started by my parents. The um, when they, it started uh, um, from Portland, and we have our agroprocessing facility in Portland. Uh, my family is not from Portland. We are actually all from Kingston. But we have been um, in love with Portland from very early. Uh, for, throughout all of my life, we, every weekend that we had um, a free time or holiday weekend, we would go, go to Portland for day trips or for weekends. And my parents um, always wanted to retire in Portland. So for years, they were hunting for a property that they could retire on um, with no plans to do a business. But they found in, in 20, 2009, they found a piece, of property, a piece of land in Portland that they fell in love with and decided to retire. It was a larger property than they had planned. Um, and after retiring there for a couple of years, they realized that the area, the surrounding area, was really, um, had persons there that really had no, there was no industry. Um, and they were really challenged, and so because the the, the farm that they that they that the, the land that they purchased came with over a hundred breadfruit trees, they they saw that as a great opportunity for them to to to, to go into the business. Um, and what they had been doing prior to going into the commercialization of it was that um, because my mother is very industrious. And with these hundred breadfruit trees, she just couldn't bear to see all of this breadfruit going to waste. So before we commercialized it, she um, used to collect the breadfruit and roast it herself and vacuum package it in a machine on our kitchen counter and give it away to friends and family. And person started to say to us, wait, this, this product is fantastic. We we it tastes we have it in our freezer for several months and take it out and it tastes just as if it had come right off of the fire. You need to commercialize it, and that's when um, Lingaya Farms um, fire roasted breadfruit was 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 born, and we started to um, distribute it locally in um, 
latter part of 2018, and then we went to exporting in, in 2019, and um, we haven't looked back since. It's one thing, though, for um, your friends and your family and people who are close to you to tell you, yeah, you can't com commercialize this. Um, but what was it that convinced you that you can, in fact, commercialize roasted breadfruit? Well, of course, you know, um, even though the friends and family had told us that we still had to do, we still had to do our, our, our research um, and, and, and use the, the, the um, agencies that were available to ensure that it was a commercialized product, that the product really could be commercialized and really we knew what our, what our shelf life was and so on. So prior to going into the commercialization, we had to do our, our due diligence. So we worked with the Scientific Research Council, we worked with the Bureau of Standards to test and you know, get, first of all, to get information on breadfruit and if they had any historic information on it, which the um, Scientific Research Council did. So we started with that information, you know, which they were able to share with us, um, providing us with information to say that if the product was properly vacuum packaged, you, it would have a shelf life frozen of nine months. Um, and then um, after that, we actually tested the product ourselves um, using the um, Bureau of Standards um, testing facilities to test it and see. Um, and then we also, we also did some, some um, market testing as well, just generally to just get some feedback as well to see what person thought about it and to help us, you know, to come up with pricing and so on. How critical do you think that process is, you know, um, ensuring that the product that you have is viable and so you have to put in uh, a ton of research, you have to make sure that you go through the right agencies, um, the right procedures. How critical is that when you're trying to start a business? Uh, well, in my, in my um, estimation, I think it is it is paramount. You really have to do your background, you have to do your research and you have to do your testing. Um, and you have to get feedback and work with all of the agencies that are available to you to get feedback on it. Mm -hmm. For you to really be successful, otherwise you're going to be putting, you're going, because you know, this is family money that has been invested, that has been invested, you can't, you know, unless, unless you, you're someone that has um, funds, funds that you can, you know, continue to, to, to put into a, a, a project without having the, the, the necessary um, research first. If you really want to have a product that is going to be successful, you must do your research first. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Mm. And but also, a lot of people probably don't know about the resources that are available to them. Um, so if, if I want to open a business, do you know where I can find those resources? I mean, where do I need to go? Um, I would recommend uh, someone who has been through it is that um, the two places that you, if you want to start a business, especially if you're going into manufacturing um, and exporting, then the two most important agencies that you need to start to develop a relationship with is the JMEA, Jamaica Manufacturers and Exporters Association, and JAMPRO. Okay. And the reason I say that is because there is no one um, government agency that I'm aware of that is a depository of all of the requirements needed to be successful and to start up a business. Okay. So if you, if, you, if you go to the JMEA, 
um, and um, and ask for assistance. They can provide you with a you know step by step guide. They'll tell you all the agencies and where you can go um, to to get assistance and what is the requirements that are needed, especially for manufacturers. Um, and then and similarly with Jampro as well. If you go to Jampro, they have been um, a, a huge resource for us in trying to get into export as well because they have provided us with um, so much guidance as well as providing us with lots of, especially because in the time of COVID, you know, we've been doing a lot of, um, of remote learning and remote, and remote um, Zoom meetings and courses and seminars, um, helping young, young entrepreneurs and young exporters with understanding what the different requirements are for the different countries and and so on. And those two agencies, I think, would be your best bet when you're starting a business. What is that feeling, though, that you have this idea, um, you've done your research, but you can research as much as you want, but you'll, ne you'll never know that it's going to work until it actually works. But what was it then for you being able to one, land on local tables, and two, being able to export to people in the U.S. and elsewhere? Um, it has been so exciting um, and yet frightening at the same time. Um, and I guess you have to, you really have to balance the two because especially with a product like ours, food, where um, it really, even though from after going into it, we realized that we were not, we were not the pioneers. There have there have been others that have that have that have tried it. Um, we weren't aware of it until after we actually went into the business that there were others that had started it before. So, as you said, there's not a lot of research out there. So you have you really are jumping into the deep end um, and hoping that you're going to learn to swim as quickly as possible um, because there's not a lot. As I said, there's not a lot of information out there. And you don't really know. You have no. You have no market data to say. So it's as I said, it's been exciting um, and and challenging at the same time because we were not prepared for how quickly the product took off, especially in the export market. And we really had to to grow quickly in that in that in that aspect. But I think what I would say as well is that. Um, Without the support of the of, of the agencies, um, which is why it's so critical to be a part of those agencies, is, um, it, it probably we probably would not have been as successful as we have been because their feedback and their and you know and their advice has has really um, assisted us in being able to to be successful in this and and, and in this unknown area. Let's talk about what goes into the day-to-day -day success of your business? Um, well, so many things go into it. Um, first of all, I, I think with any, with any business, um, it's about relationships. So I think how we have been able to stay above and continue to be successful is because we have, first and foremost, built and continue to build relationships. So we build relationships with the agencies that we work with, but we also build relationships with our suppliers. So as I mentioned before, we had, um, our farm had over 100 breadfruit trees on, on the property. Um, but however, um, 
as soon as we started to export, we realized that we could not sustain the export um, demand without expanding our supplier base. And so that has been the other side of it, is building the relationship with the breadfruit farmers in the surrounding areas um, um, in order to ensure that you have, we have, continue to have supplies. It's also about building relationships with our staff and our team members. Um, and that has been an integral part of what we do because my parents started this business in their retirement, not, and foremost in their head was not because they wanted to start a business um, that um, would provide them with additional, additional source of income. That was not the foremost thought in their mind. The business was started because they were seeing young girls of 14 and 15 walking up the road that were pregnant and had no future. And so the business was really started to provide support to the community. And that is foremost in our mind. It is part of our mission. And we will continue to give back to the community and provide employment both to the surrounding communities, women and young youngsters, as well as um, providing a source of income for persons who have red fruit trees in their in their gardens, as well as for the surrounding farmers that are doing it as a as a, as a business. So there is that sort of, that relationship building, and then of course the sales side of it as well has to be your relationship building with your with your customers. Which would which would be you know the retail the local retail retailers in Jamaica, as well as our export distributors, both those that we're working with currently, and of course those that we're trying to build a relationship with for future business. And so I think it's that is the number one thing that that will continue to help you to be successful in businesses. Is if you look on it, look on everything you do as. Um, a way to build relationships because that's, that's what this is about. Right. So w one thing you said that struck me though is the fact that you're saying that your parents didn't start the business because they're trying to look after their own personal economies. They're not really trying to, but they saw a greater need in the community, um, a social need in the community. But when you really put that into context, you look at it and your parents are retired. And here they are in a position where they, I guess you could say risk, because if you're starting a business, you're assuming a, a particular risk unto yourself. Um, and they're assuming this risk on behalf of other people. And at that point would have been strangers because they don't know, they didn't know them at that point. What motivates someone to do something like that? Um, I think it's just a, 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 a characteristic. I mean, my parents have, have always been very loyal to Jamaica, have always given back to Jamaica. They had the opportunity, as so many others, to have, um, to, to have migrated years and years ago and never chose that road. They have always um, felt as if part of being Jamaica and part of being a human being is to is, is, is to always look after your fellow man. It's part of it's part of how our family um, was brought up. It's how our morals and values are, and um, we always are going to put our 
our neighbor first in everything we do. So I think it's just part of who we, who we are. And, um, you know, whereas we want, to, obviously, for us to continue to give back to the community, the business has to be successful and has to be profitable. But it has to be something that goes hand in hand with always, always um, giving back to the community and having and make, providing and growing the industry in the area. We, um, what I did mention earlier was that we are not, we are in East Portland, so we're close to the border of St. Thomas. So it's not the, 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 the side of Portland, closer to Port Antonio, which may have more industries and have tourism and so on. It's really the eastern port of Portland, which, which really there is no, no industry. So mm. which is why it is so important for us to, um, to grow the business. And why we shout out to the government that we need those roads fixed as soon as possible because that's a huge challenge for us right now. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, but but there there must have been, or I'm assuming there was some trepidation on your part because, like I said, your parents are retired. You're the big daughter because you're the you're the eldest of three, and um and the the risk that is involved. So. Yeah, your parents wanted to do this, but was there a part of you that saying, oh, no, oh maybe I shouldn't? Well, I'd say that the three of us, my brothers and I, um, supported our, my, my parents fully. Um, my parents are not the type of people that you can tell them that you don't agree with them or that you think, you know, that they should rethink it. Once they've decided they're going to do something... Mm-hmm. The best, the best thing for you to do is you to support, support them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to listen to you anyway, yeah. right? Um, but it was, uh, it was a concern. It was a concern because they have put their entire um, retirement fund into this business and continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, what our 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 um, our way of dealing with it really was that if they're deciding that they're going to do this, then our only option is to support them fully in okay. every way we can, and which is why um, the business is now um, fully supported by the entire family. So how, this, how it started out initially was as a sole proprietorship under my mother, mm-hmm. and in 2020, we all agreed that we would, in, in, in order for this business to be successful, we all would have to participate in it fully. So it is now fully owned by all the family members. So, so what is your facility like? Is it? Do you have a processing plant? Um, is there a plan to build anything? What What do you look like now? And where is it that you want to go? Okay, so we started out um, in 2018 with a small processing room on on, on the facility. Um, we, uh, the, the process is fairly manual, um, with the exception of the vacuum seal machine. We realized in 2020 that we couldn't keep up with the, um, with the demand, the export demand, so we actually used the downtime when, between seasons to expand the facility, so we've increased the, the square footage of the facility. We have added um, um, a receivers area. We have an office now for our production supervisor. Um, we've expanded our roasting our, our area. And we have also, well, we had this from before. We have, um, uh, which I didn't mention, we also have a, a cold room or, 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 or a walk-in freezer so that we can store the product. Because the thought is, is that because breadfruit is seasonal, 
we want to ensure that we can stockpile enough that will take us through the season. We are looking to expand again. We do realize that the way that the business is, is going, we will quickly outgrow the, the, the current facility. And um, so we, will, we, we are looking to expand and, and um, expand even further in the very, very near future. But one thing we have all agreed on is that we won't be moving from East Portland. That is the home for Lingaya Farms, Fire-Roasted Breadfruit, and it will remain the home of Lingaya Farms, Fire-Roasted Breadfruit for as long as we are alive. All right, so about how many people do you actually employ? We employ anywhere from 10 to 15 people, some full-time and some part-time and some seasonal workers. When we started in 2018, we started with five. So we're at about between 10 to 15 now. Okay. So your your full-time job is as a marketer, and obviously your business will need or has needed um, some form of marketing. So tell me, how have you been able to use your professional skills to help your business or your family's business? Yes. So I have been in um, marketing for all of my um, professional life. So I, um, I guess you could say that I eat, sleep, and dream of marketing. <laughs> so that has been, I guess, that has been a plus um, for for Lingaya Farms is that because uh, marketing has been my strength, um, I can provide the business. I have been able to provide the business with both the professional market research that is required, as well as understanding how you develop market both locally and for export. Um, and I've been able to use a very lean marketing budget in order to get the word out about um, about Lingaya Farm Fire Roasted Breadfruit. So um, as a new business, we don't have a huge budget. Um, we rely heavily, again, on relationships that we've built. So we've been very lucky to have um, had a, um, opportunities brought to us through JMEA and JAMPRO. Um, but I've also relied heavily on, <clears throat> especially through um, through COVID, um, people are changing the ways of their of them, especially Jamaicans who have been sort of lagging behind when it comes to electronic um, or digital marketing, as they would say. So, but through COVID, the world has really changed in the way that they get information, um, and so I relied heavily on social media. So bring build awareness of the program. So we have both Instagram and Facebook pages. We have a website. Um, and then also prior to COVID, we would do a lot of um, underground um, promotions, in-store promotions, promotions at um, at, at events. Events we've done. We've done some events at Kingston Kingston Night Market. Um, we've done events at um, Price Mart. We've done events at Denby. So where we can really get to the personal touch, it really helps. It helps us to have persons come and sample the product and give us feedback. That's the only way you can really um, increase your quality. And because my background has been in marketing, I also have worked closely with the packaging companies in developing our brand and how our packaging looks to the customers. Okay. Um, the shelf life of your product is how long? All right, so, so as we wrap up, Anake, uh, tell me where you see your business going, one, 
And what would you say to, to those who are thinking about starting a small business, but they are cautious, um, they're not certain, particularly at this time, uh, what would you say to them? Okay, so where I see our business going, um, we're going to continue to increase our, our, our market share. Um, we're looking at getting into other markets. Um, through social media, we've gotten lots of, of um, messages from persons all over the world asking us when our product is going to be available to them. So we're really looking to expand, especially our export, our export market to other areas um, in the very, very near future. Uh, what would I say to persons who are about to start a business? I would say that you need to ensure that whatever business they're doing, the first and most important priority is that it has to be something that you believe in and you are passionate about because you are going to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, living and breathing that for it to be successful. So you need to make sure that you're willing to put everything you've got into it personally, not just financially, but personally as well. And then I would say as well to persons who are starting, who are looking to start a business, is that start small, don't, don't try to run before you walk, don't try and, and spend money on fancy offices and, and things. Prioritize where your, where your investment goes, and make sure that everything you do, you think about how it is that you're going to ensure that whatever decisions you make are decisions that are going to affect the growth of your business and it's going to affect the income of your business. That's how you need to make decisions. Okay. And finally, how would you say that you are impacting Jamaica? I think we have a lot more work to do where that is concerned. I think that um, we are slowly impacting our, as I said, our, our, we, our footprint is growing where export goes. I, I would like to see it grow further by the end of this year for sure. Um, I also want to see us expand our footprint in the eastern, East Portland area to ensure that we continue to give back to the community um, and and really um, affect the communities and that we that we live and breathe in. I know I said final thing, but I know that a, a, a community feeding program is something that you also want to do. So can you touch on that just briefly for me? Yes, because there are young, a lot of young young families living in the area. We um, have we and which is part of why we expanded the area, the the, the, the processing area as well. Is that we want to start a breakfast feeding program so that um, it, it, has, it has sort of, it didn't get off the ground when we wanted it to because the thought is, is that for young, for children on their way to school, a lot of times children are going to school without any breakfast in the mornings and so we wanted to ensure that those, those, those children that are in our community would be able to stop by on their way to, to school once we get back to school, in-person school again stop by for um, a healthy breakfast before you before they head into school and also wanted to provide a homework center for them in the, in the afternoons and the evenings where they can come back and safely do their homework um, and have access to internet 
Um, that's going to be a longer term project because we've been, we've been um, trying to get internet um, at our farm um, for several times now and haven't, haven't been able to. Yes, but it's something that we want to add as well to, to our um, giving back program. Okay. All right, Anake, thank you so much for joining us on Impact in Jamaica. And of course, I wish you success because it is evident that if you're successful, uh, your community will be successful and your country in general um, will benefit from that success as well. So congratulations on the, the work you've been doing. And like I said, I wish you success going forward. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the exposure. Um, just wanted to remind all the listeners that we are on Facebook and um, Instagram. And so if you keep following our, our Facebook and Instagram pages, um, if we're not in your area yet, we will be shortly. So you can keep following that and we'll be announcing, you know, um, where we're available um, as we go forward. All right. Thank you so much, um, Anake. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, too. Alright, and thank you for listening to Impact in Jamaica and please join us next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition. We hope you caught a whiff of the drive, the joy, the excitement of running a business. We continue to share in some of the challenges and watch as the sector continues to find ways of conquering and thriving. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. This episode of Impacting Jamaica, the small business edition, was brought to you by the Development Bank of Jamaica.